Welcome to Female Empowered, a podcast for female fitness and wellness professionals and business owners looking for real talk about the ins and outs of the industry. I'm Krista Gurka, an accidental entrepreneur turned founder and CEO of a multi-million dollar health and wellness business. In this podcast, I'll be sharing expert insights and having real conversations about what it means to show up, thrive, and of course, get paid. We'll talk about what works, what doesn't, and what really happens behind the scenes of a client-based business. All so you can take away sound advice and actionable steps that help you become a more successful and confident business owner, all on your own terms. So let's dive in. Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Female Empowered. I'm your host, Krista Gurka. I'm trying to get myself all organized here. Um, it is not as glamorous as everyone thinks it is to record a podcast. I am also doing this live on Facebook and Instagram. So if you ever want to actually watch the podcast, watch me. Um, I'm not sure why people would want to do that. But anyways, you can check out my Facebook page or my Instagram page at Krista Gurka. And I also have a YouTube page now. Yes, that is right. I have a YouTube channel. Just one more thing, but I repurpose everything. So I'm not doing it seven times. I'm only doing it once. So with this podcast, I get a podcast episode. I get a Facebook live feature. I get an Instagram live feature, and then I get a, a video to put up on YouTube. But so what I, the, one of the reasons I wanted to do the YouTube channel was because sometimes on the podcast, I really wish I could share things with you that you could visually see, um, especially when we're talking about numbers or when we're speaking with um, a guest so you can kind of see our interaction. So if you're interested, I would invite you to go visit my YouTube channel, um, search Krista Gurka and subscribe. That would be great because I'll also be putting some additional video tutorials on there as well. So that being said, today what we're going to chat about is metrics that matter in your business, what you should track, what you, maybe you think you should be tracking that don't really matter. Um, and then I'm also going to, on the podcast anyways, I'm going to give a little snippet of the masterclass I did that was all about metrics and analytics. And if you're interested in checking out that entire training, I think it was about an hour training, um, you can visit my learning library, kristagurka.com forward slash store. It has all, it's like my learning vault. So it has all of these masterclasses in there. Um, and I think that one is up for a replay for, I think it's $17. So um, less than a dollar a minute. So it's fabulous. I think it's like less than 50 cents a minute. Anyways, I'm not really that good at math. So here we go. Without further ado, let me stop getting distracted. Today, we are going to chat about metrics and why metrics are important. Okay. So the first thing I want to tell people is, um, it doesn't have to be that complicated, okay? I know that people, when you think about metrics, and I was like this for a while when I first started, I was like, well, what do I track? There's so many things to track in our business. Start small, start simple, and then grow from there, okay? 
So the first thing I am going to talk about, the very first thing I'm going to talk about are the metrics that you can track on your profit and loss statement, which is called a PNL. Um, and it basically is one of your financial documents. These are financial metrics that you can um, track in your business. Okay. And I believe that you should be tracking your financials. Now I'm a big proponent of QuickBooks. So I think QuickBooks online is super easy. It, there is a fee for it, but listen, you're in business, just pay the fee or you can create a spreadsheet, but that's a lot of manual data entry. And if, if that's where you're at right now in your business, then that's fine. One of the first things I would recommend when you get some extra cash or capital in your business is to get QuickBooks. Okay. So basically the anatomy of a profit and loss statement at the top of the statement, you are going to have, or at the top of your spreadsheet, if you create this on Google, you are going to have all of your income. Basically income is anything that is coming in, hence the term income. All right. So you can break it down into sales. You can break it down into sales by service. So you could have Pilates classes, you could have one-on-ones, you could have physical therapy. Um, you don't have to make it that complicated, especially when you're starting out. You could have, if you do teacher training, what are your teacher training sales? What are your workshop sales? If you have a membership, so you can break it out however you see fit, but the top line, which is why it's called the top line, it's the top line of your profit and loss is what you bring in. Okay. That's income. All right. That's income. So everything you bring in is income and that's at your top line. Okay. So that's the beginning of your PL. Then underneath that, you have all of your expenses. Now, the way that I recommend breaking down your expenses, and if this is too much when you're just starting out, that's okay. You don't have to, but I recommend breaking down your expenses in cost of goods, which basically means what does it cost you to provide your services and then all of the other expenses underneath that. And this is where I really sometimes like to have visuals for this. So if this starts to get confusing, I really do invite you to go check out my store, kristagurka.com forward slash store, because the entire visual training on this is up there where I use slides and graphs and all of that stuff. So what you do first is you, you put the cost of goods. So how do you determine that if you're thinking that? So if you have a service, if you have a class that generates $100 and you pay your instructor $50, that $50 would go under cost of goods. Okay, so it's basically what you provide your practitioner to provide that service or your instructor to teach the class et cetera, et cetera. All of the other operating expenses, things like your accountant, any marketing you do, um, bank charges, um, cleaning services, equipment, insurance, liability insurance, if you put your car through your business, um, repairs, maintenance, rents, utilities, <clears throat> additional wages like front desk staff, cleaning staff, et cetera, et cetera. Those all go under the other expenses. All right. So you have income at the top, 
everything that comes in. That's why it's called the top line. Then you have your cost of goods, which is what you pay out to provide the service. Then underneath that, you have all of your additional expenses. Okay. Then the bottom line, and it's called the bottom line because it's the bottom line of your PL, is what's left over. So that is actually your profit. That's what we call your net margin, which is your net profit, which is what you are left over. So let me just explain this again to you. So you have your top line, which is your income, everything that comes in. Then you have what it costs you to provide that service. Okay. Then the very next line that's calculated in this statement is what we call your gross margin. That means that's your gross profit if you didn't have any other expenses. So a lot of times people that have mobile practices or mobile trainers, et cetera, et cetera, that go out to people or mobile physical therapists, they have very few or little or few to far between additional expenses. So they have a really big gross margin, which means that their gross margin, their net margin would be very similar. Okay. Your gross margin, generally what you want to see is that it's over 60%. Okay. That's what you want to see for your gross margin. Then you have all of your other expenses. Okay. You have rent, utilities, front desk staff. If you have a manager, that's managerial staff, your owner's salary would go in there. If you pay yourself a salary, um, postage, advertising, you're a lawyer. If you have a lawyer, your accountant, if you have accountant, a bookkeeper, all of that stuff goes in additional expenses. Then at the bottom, there should be money left over. Hopefully there's money left over. That's called your bottom line, which is your net profit. That's what's left over. Okay. So let me just give you um, good numbers. Let's just give you random numbers. Let's say you bring in a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. A hundred thousand dollars and you pay out about 40% of that to your practitioners okay? Or yourself, if you are the practitioner, okay? So that means you are left over with $60,000, okay? Then let's say, I'm going to, I'm actually using a calculator here because I want to make sure I get this right. So let's say your rent is um let's say your rent is like $5,000. So that comes off of that. Then let's say your other expenses are another $5,000. That comes out of that. Then let's say your utilities are another $5,000. That comes out of that. So you'd subtract all of that. And maybe at the end, you're left with $10,000. That's what your profit is. That's actually the profit in your business. Okay. So that is basically the anatomy of a PL. That is what we call your financial metrics, your financial data. Those are the things that you should be tracking. On average, we want to see that your cost of goods runs about 30, 35% of your overall expenses. Then you want to see the rest is at about another 30%. So you really want to be in your profit about 10 to 15 20%, depending on how you pay yourself as an owner, whether you take distributions or whether you take, whether you're on salary. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about what other metrics you can follow in your business. Okay. Now 
I recommend following a f- in this, basically in this kind of rubric. So we talked about your financial metrics, your gross profit, your net profit, okay? And all of the income coming in, all of your expenses. Now, what we wanna talk about are the different levers that you're, you can pull in your business. So you have operations. So some operational metrics that you can track are active customers. How many active customers or active clients do you actually have in your business right now? Okay. You can have a marketing metric, which is lead generation. How many new customers are coming in the door each and every month? That's going to tell you how well your marketing strategy is. How well is your attraction strategy? How well is your nurture strategy? How well are you getting the right people in the door? Then you can have a, you can track what we call like new client conversion. Now, new client conversion means how many new customers come in the door actually stay on and purchase additional packages. So let's say you get 10 new customers that come in every month, three of them stay on, you have a 30% new customer conversion rate it means three of every 10 people stay in the door. Now there's a couple things that this could tell you. One, if you have a low conversion rate, it could tell you a few things. Okay. It could tell you either that you have a poor sales system. So your marketing messaging is good. You're getting the right people in the door. Your delivery is good. So your operation, your service is great, but you have a poor sales system. So the sales system is not getting people to convert. Or you could have a good marketing system. You're getting good people in the door. You could have a good sales system, but your service, your operation, whatever the services that you're providing, physical therapy, Pilates, yoga, massage was not good. Or the third case could be You have a good sales system, you provided a good service, but you got the wrong people in the door. Those are not your ideal customers. They're going to like a different type of service. Um, Then your marketing messaging is off. So you're not getting the right leads in the door. Okay. So again, tracking this data will be able to tell you where you need to improve in your business. Okay. Then you can also follow retention rate. Like how many people are coming back month over month over month. I love retention rate. I like to see retention rate higher than 80%. The more you can retain clients, the less you have to pay to get new clients to come in the door, which is much more expensive. And that's also going to tell you an operational metric, which basically means is your customer service good? Are you wowing your clients? Again, are you getting the right people in the door? Is your service well, or your instructors well, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Now, here are things, here are metrics that I think are not important for you. Well, you can track them, but I do think they're vanity metrics. Okay. So when people tell you that they are a multiple seven or eight figure business, there's a few things you want to think about here. Does that mean they're a multiple seven or eight figure business annually? Does that mean they're a multiple seven or eight figure business over the last 20 years, which means they could have done $100,000 a year? Okay. Does that mean that they bring in seven figures, but they spend eight, so they're not even profitable? All right. So there's a lot of things that can be said when people say, I have a multiple seven figure business. So I have a multiple seven figure business, but that's multiple cumulative from the time that I've started the business. I have an eight figure business. If you consider from the time I've started the business in 2007, but annually I have a seven figure business. 
and I am profitable. Our business runs at approximately an eight to 12% profit margin. We're scooting back up, recovering from the last couple of years. Okay. Another metric that a lot of people talk about that may or may not mean anything. How many Instagram followers you have? There are people that have tens of thousands of Instagram followers, but they're not engaging with their followers. So maybe that doesn't mean anything. I would rather have a thousand followers and have 300 people engage with every post. That's 30% than have 10,000 followers and have 300 people engage with every post. All right. So another metric that might not really matter is an email list. You know, if you have thousands of people on your email list, but one, you never send an email, then that's not worth it. And two, you don't have a lot of people opening your email, then what's that really good for? Again, smaller list, higher engagement. And does it mean you're even selling? You could have tens of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people subscribe or be followers on your Instagram page or even subscribers to your YouTube channel and not be selling anything. I think I posted something on Instagram the other day that said, you know, a large social media following is mutually exclusive with making money. The goal of social media for your business is to get paid, not to be popular. So again, you want to be leveraging that into sales. Now this takes time. It does, it takes time. This is an infinite game. Business, especially small business ownership, where we do not have a ton of capital, a million dollars in a marketing budget, or even a hundred thousand dollars in a marketing budget to throw into, you know, ads and, and social media and staff to do that. This is an infinite game. Organic growth is doable. It's totally doable, but it's slow. We just have to be patient. Okay. So those are some metrics that really don't mean a whole hell of a lot. So I would just take those kind of with a grain of salt. All right. Some other metrics, some of the things that, that you could look for in your business, get Google analytics. Okay. Um, or if you're using a lot of softwares, um, website, softwares will give you these analytics. I use Kajabi. I love it. You can see how many landing page views do you get? So for example, if you are running a promotion and you've put it in your email, maybe you're promoting it on social media, check how many landing page views am I actually getting to this landing page? And then how many people are actually buying what I'm selling? Generally to cold traffic, cold traffic, cold audience means people that have no affiliation with you. They really don't know who you are. It's like 1%. So for every hundred people you get to your landing page, one will buy. So if you want to make 10 sales, you need to get a thousand people to your landing page. Or you need to start selling to your warm audience. Warm audience is people that already know, like, and trust you. A hot audience is people that have already bought from you before. All right. So this is just a little bit, like I said, a little bit of the anatomy of a PL. Some of the things we keep in our scorecard at Pilates in the Grove are operational metrics like 
active clients and retention. We track our financial metrics, which is net, net margin, gross margin. Okay. We track our new customer conversion sale rates. We want to get that higher than we are currently at about a 35%. We want to get that over 40%, which means that four of every 10 people need to come in. Okay. And then our marketing metric, we see how many people are coming in the door, how many new people are coming in the door every month. All right. So now what do you do with that information? Here's a perfect example. So if you know, if you know that you get a 40% new customer conversion rate, that means four of every 10 people stay and you have a goal that you want to get 10 new customers to convert each and every month into a long-term membership, you need to get 25 new customers in your door every single month. Okay, so how do we get to that number? If you get four that stay out of every 10, that means when you get 20, you'll get eight. And when you get five more, you'll get two. So that means you need for 25 customers to come in the door to get 10 to stay. All right. So that's a way you can do it. Or you can say, is it easier for us to improve our new customer conversion rate, which means improve your sales process, improve the service. How can you get more people to stay? <clears throat> um, that's up to you. That depends how you, where your strength is in your business. <clears throat> okay. But at least, you know, that if you want to get 10 people to stay and you have a 40% conversion rate, you need to get 25 new people in the door. And then just focus on that. Focus on how do I get 25 new people in the door? Or if you know you want to get five people to buy this new product and on average, <clears throat> excuse me, one of every hundred buys, you need to get 500 people to look at your landing page. These are why it's important numbers to track because you can reverse engineer it and figure out what you need to be doing to be successful or hit your goal with whatever initiative or promotion that you're hiring. All right. If you really are interested in learning more about this full topic that I just did a masterclass on, visit the website, kristagurka.com slash store, and you have access to this entire, it was an hour long masterclass. We went all, we went over um, what to look for when you're running ads. Okay. And where you can figure out where your problem is. Every step along the ad funnel is objective and you can figure out based on what's happening, what you need to fix. Okay. We talk about that. We talk about, um, how to create a scorecard. We talk about what percentages you should be looking at in your business and really go through a really detailed view of your profit and loss statement. Okay. So kristagurka.com slash store. And until next time, my friends, that's all I got for you. All right. Bye for now. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Female Empowered. If you like what we covered today, please leave a review for the show. This helps other female fitness and wellness professionals find the podcast and lets me know I'm sharing helpful information with all of you. If you'd love to get even more insights and find resources to help you market, streamline, and grow your clinic or client-based business, you can visit me at kristagurka.com or follow me on Instagram at Krista Gurka. 
That's at C-H-R-I-S-T-A-G-U-R-K-A. See y'all next time.